Coming up on today's episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast, we take another trip through the podium pandemonium. But first, Bruce Arians talks about the upcoming in-house scrimmage schedule for the Buccaneers. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast brought to you by Rock Auto. RockAuto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. I'm James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayYarko underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Your Tampa Bay Buccaneers lead story is Bruce Arians spoke about some upcoming scrimmages when he spoke with the media on Wednesday. Yeah, we'll, we'll have at least one to two a week, uh, but we're going to have a, a game in the stadium, uh, two of them actually, uh, so that we're in the stadium and the lights are on and, and everything's playing and there's everything that's game ready. So we can know the stadium's ready too, but uh, to get in that atmosphere and uh, and play a game, live special teams, live offense, defense, and uh, we'll try to do two of those. Yeah, no surprise they want to go ahead. There's there's no preseason, so they're going to need to get in there and try to do the best they can to create a game day atmosphere for the Bucks in in these scrimmages, and you know let let Tom, let Gronk, let Shady get used to playing inside Raymond James. I'm sure they're having a blast at the Advent Health Training Center. They got to practice indoors on Wednesday. But, yeah, and, and every year, David, the Bucks tend to do that, you know, nighttime scrimmage and let the, the season pass holders in and kind of put on a show for all the fans. Unfortunately, there won't be any fans there, I wouldn't think. But that wouldn't be the worst idea in the world to go ahead and let some select season pass members in to one of those night scrimmages and kind of try out Raymond James COVID testing protocols to allow fans in if that is indeed what the Bucks are going to do. Yeah, I mean, I think it would be really, really, cool, really cool if the, uh, the Buccaneers let fans into the stadium to watch those, uh, as Bruce put them, games. But I am a little bit more... Uh, apprehensive, I guess, that, that Bruce mentioned actually doing two of those. I mean, he talked about doing scrimmages during training camp, and that's not completely new, you know, in the realm of everything going on. I mean, probably doing a little bit more of it than you normally would during a standard training camp because you get those joint practices and the preseason games. But these 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 games that basically these inner squad games that he's talking about doing, um, that's that's where the uniqueness is of this. And and this isn't actually the first time that Bruce Harris talked about it. Um, he actually, so again, listening to the Peter King podcast, uh, today's episode of the Peter King podcast or this week's episode was Bruce Arians. And actually Bruce Arians told Peter last week that he was going to do this, that he essentially was going to try to do uh, a college uh, spring game for the, for the Buccaneers. The only difference in the apprehension and nervousness that, that coach Arians honestly expressed was the fact that college teams have 150 kids out there to do their spring games with. You can have multiple, multiple squads going up against each other. Whereas the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you've got 80 players. And then as Coach Arians pointed out to, uh, to King there, you really have 77 players because three of your players are specialists. So after out of 77 players, there's only so many you know, formations and squads you can give them. And uh, he mentioned JPP specifically. He doesn't want JPP taking 90 snaps across two games 
where they're going live at each other in full, you know, full speed hitting each other in Raymond James Stadium. So that's going to be really interesting. And, and you know, Coach Arian still kind of saying, well, maybe we're going to do two of them is really what caught my ear because, I mean, one of them is risky enough. Two is, is, is another level. I mean, it's, it's kind of, you know, that's, that's the hard part of leadership and, and coaching, you know, in, in any environment, especially in this one, is where is that line? You know, I mean, if you do one and you get out clean, I mean, is that motivation to do another one or do you step away from the table, so to speak, and say, hey, I've got my rent money. I'm going to walk away while I still can. Uh, and then, you know, not for nothing too, but a real true test of professionalism for the Buccaneers roster because, you know, if you're Mike Edwards, Andrew Adams, whoever on the defense, you don't want to be the guy to hit Mike Evans low and, and he tears an ACL knock on wood. You don't want to be the guy that comes in low on Tom Brady and hits him in the legs and, and knocks him out for the season. You know what I mean? But at the same time, you're going out there full speed. You got to go out there full speed. So true test and professionalism. Uh, it's going to be interesting. And you could hear not in this, in, in this press session because it was so short, but if, if again, you know, pointing our fans and our listeners to the Peter King podcast, if you listen to Bruce Arians talk about this on the Peter King podcast, you can hear the nervousness in coach Arians voice. So something truly interesting coming out of those press conferences today, but it wasn't just coach Arians. I was dropping some interesting things and some quotes uh, worthy of airtime. Coming up here in our next segment, we're going to hear from Tampa Bay Buccaneers linebacker Devin White, as well as some other folks. But before we get to that, we've got to get to something that doesn't need to make you nervous, and that is our sponsors for this show, rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business, you guys know, serving auto parts customers for online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts for hundreds of manufacturers. In fact, me, myself, some of you guys have, have noticed, picked up on the show that I've gone through a transition. I've gone through a move. I'm now living in a different area. I've got a new job and that new job has me in the car more now than really ever in my professional career. So I decided I was going to go onto rockauto.com and look for a claw mount to hold my phone, my cell phone, because I'm sick of putting it in the, in the cup holder. Now I've got one less cup holder. Like I said, I'm on the road a lot. I don't stop for a lot of trash cans. So if I've got a morning drink, I've got a cup in there. If I get an afternoon drink, now I've got another cup and I'm out of cup holders because I've got my cell phone in one of them. And I went on to rockauto.com, literally searched cell phone holder and it Poof. What popped up was a Husky liners claw mount vent phone holder that's adjustable to any phone. And that's perfect because coming September, right, we all expect Apple to come out with new phone products. No matter what James Jarko says, I am going to get a new iPhone this year. I don't know what size I'm going to get yet. So I can buy this mount. It's going to hold my current phone. If I do get a new phone with different dimensions, it's going to hold that phone too because it's adjustable. So it's perfect. And it took me less than five minutes to go to rockauto.com, find that item, punched in the, the, the code locked on to let them know that I'm part of this network and I came to their website to shop for them because I appreciate them. So that's all you got to do, guys. Go over to rockauto.com, get the prices that are always reliably low and same for professionals or do-it-yourselfers, whether you're a mechanic or just a guy looking for accessories like me. So again, go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, right locked on like I did in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. I mean, I think about him every day because I watch film on him every day. Because I, I mean, at the end of the day, that's that's the number one priority. I mean, we getting better as a group, as a unit, as a team in training camp. But the focus is on week one and going, being able to go out there and take care of business. But as far as like it being a challenge and we won, I mean, everybody in the NFL are the best. You know, we the if we won the best, we wouldn't be here. You know, at the end of the day, every team starting off zero and zero. So we got it's our duty to go. Uh, Go get that first win on the road, but as a defense, I think 
you know, we we in the best position to get to, you know, dominate and just dominate early. And so we could put the lead on notice from uh, game one that, you know, hey, we, we for real, like this defense for real on the front end and on, and on the back end. So, you know, I, I'm ready. I'm ready. We couldn't have had a better opponent for week one. I just, I'm just, I just hate that ain't no fans going to be in the stadium. More training camp quips for this Thursday here at the Locked on Bucks podcast. And that was Tampa Bay Buccaneers linebacker. Devin White talking about the New Orleans Saints coming up in week one. This has been a topic that's been a little bit hot lately. Cameron Jordan kind of sparking the whole conversation coming out and talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and really everybody else in the NFC South playing for second place, quote unquote, which I guess, you know, he's he's kind of true. I mean, they're first place until they're not first place, right? But unfortunately for Cam Jordan, they could not be first place as early as the end of week one, especially if Devin White and Tampa Bay Buccaneers come out and handle their business. And really, James, for me, the reason I like this quote so much is because a lot of people come out, JPP, et cetera, and they're probably telling the truth, and that's, that's perfectly fine. I'm not you know, throwing shade at them for saying it that way, but basically talking about not wanting to talk about the Saints or about what they want to do against the Saints or how badly they want to beat the Saints and letting their play talk about it. But Devin White, being the young stud, kind of a little bit brash, a little bit of you know swagger to his game, wanting to come out there and lay it on the division champs in week one. I actually appreciate the honesty. I appreciate the fact that he said he's been thinking about it. He's been watching tape on them almost exclusively because they're the top of the hill. That's where he wants to get, so that's who he needs to beat. I appreciate that approach, James. What do you think about it? Oh, I agree 100%. I thought it was interesting, actually, that he said that he was disappointed there wouldn't be any fans there. And, you know, that that Superdome in New Orleans is notorious for how loud and rowdy those fans can get. And I saw Carmen and Jill talking about it on Twitter about how deafening that place is and, and how much they hate being there because of how loud it is. So it was a little interesting to me that he's sitting there saying, you know, that he wishes the fans could be there. I don't know. Maybe there's no, there's nothing more satisfying than making a, a dome full of saints fans shut up because your defense is dominating the game. But yeah, it, it doesn't surprise me at all that he's hyped and, and ready and preparing for this game already, especially the way some of these Saints players have been talking about the Buccaneers and you know saying that Brady is the second best quarterback ever behind Breeze or everybody else in the division's fighting for second place and they believe they already have the division wrapped up and they're going to be the NFC South champs and we all know my feelings on Michael Thomas, so I'm not going to delve into that too much. But, yeah, I, I'm i I'm glad that he's this hyped. I'm glad he's this excited and, and he's this fired up to go after New Orleans in their house to kick off their season. Most definitely. But Devin wasn't done talking to me there, of course, because, you know, there's more than one question at a press conference. But uh, something else that Devin was asked about and something that surely has Devin pumped up to get this season started off the right foot or on the right foot and in the right way was his struggles in his in his rookie season. And, I mean, they weren't necessarily play struggles, most of them. I mean, he had an illness in the first week, got injured in the second week, was, had to miss uh, some time there, and then come back from there, knock off the rust, get back up to speed in the, at, the, at the pro level. So, I mean, anybody would struggle in those situations. Still ended up being a dynamic playmaker for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense down the stretch. Really showed what he could be, why he was the number five overall pick in the 2019 NFL draft. But, again, he was asked about – getting this season started right, what he learned from those struggles early on, and here's what he had to say. Well, I say, you know, having to wear that brace, you know, it, it was challenging. Like, I felt like a robot. I felt like I need, it was extra help. And, but, I mean, I think it just told me that, you know, 
the, the man up above, he was just letting me know that he was guiding me. You know, he was my strength. And I think it just made me more patient. Like, because me, I, I my patience level is not good. Like, I, I always want to be on the field. I always want to be right in the midst of everything with my teammates. And I always want to be helping them, you know, get to a victory. And I wasn't able to do that for a long time. And that was my first time ever in my life having to sit out games or even miss practice. You know, and I've been playing ball since I was five years old. So, I mean, that just let you know. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it boosted my confidence level up because I was so ready to get back. I had so much time not to be on the field but just to be studying, and it made me a better player. So when I came back, man, it was all about playmaking. And I think I went out there and I showed that, you know, being able to win, uh, you know, defensive rookie of the month two months in a row, man, that was just a blessing. Just let me know it was all God's time, even though, you know, I didn't start off so well, but I finished great. Yeah, no question about that. I mean, Devin started off his NFL career facing quite a bit of adversity, and you can learn a lot about a person, the way they handle adversity and, and the way they react to it. And Devin bounced back, and he, you know, as you heard there, he won Rookie of the Month two months in a row, how he didn't win rookie Defensive Rookie of the Year. I, I don't know, but, hey, not surprised by that. You know, the Buccaneers rarely get looked at for things, so such a, you know, nature but yeah i he he's chomping at the bit to go in and play so what is he is he sitting around moping is he sitting around you know crying because he doesn't get to be on the practice field no he was studying he was working he was putting in the time putting in the effort to make sure that when he got the opportunity to set foot on the field again he was going to go out there and dominate he was going to go out there and make plays and and that's exactly what he did he was recovering fumbles and returning them for touchdowns and and he was making key tackles and he was a key player in in stopping the run and you know, you couldn't have asked for much more out of Devin White in his rookie season and I remember yeah people were ready to to fire Jason Light and and jump off the the Skyway Bridge because he got hurt and and was missing time and oh here we go again another draft bust another guy who can't stay healthy yada 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 well he proved all those people wrong, continued to show that, you know, he's the future of the middle of that defense for the Buccaneers. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, uh, you know, I was personally excited when I, when I saw that Devin White was on the, on the, the, uh, the docket there to speak to media after practice on Wednesday. Unfortunately, because I'm in the middle of my workday at that time, I am not able to sit on that Zoom press conference. But I was excited that we were going to have some footage, have some words from him and be able to listen in on some of the things he had to say. And, and James really just took us – it took me back to our time at the Combine and when we talked to Devin White there and when, we, when he you know, talked to the, to the media pool and then I, I was able to snag him for a few seconds on the side there and talk to him. And, I mean, he just, he, he just incites confidence, man. I mean, this is a young guy who just – he gets the game of football and he's enjoying every minute of it, you know, whether it's, it's, it's – he's using it as a means to help take care of his horses, his babies, as he calls them, or whether he's out there with his teammates pumping them up and trying to – you know, excite them. Uh, he was also asked about, you know, kind of trash talking and stuff. And he said he doesn't really trash talk to the offense. I mean, I, I guess every football player will trash talk across the line here and there, but really most of his talk is on his side of the ball, trying to, you know, communicate with his guys and get them pumped and keep them, you know, uh, keep their attention focused where it needs to be. And then keep himself uh, pumped up and focused. You saw that clip. If you watched uh, the Buccaneer social media recently of him and, you know, Levante David racing to the sideline, I mean, just things like that. Like this is a guy who's truly just kind of enjoying the life that he's living but also hard, you know, fiercely dedicated and, and putting in all the work necessary to become great at his craft, as they like to say. And, yeah, man, I mean, 
I'm with pretty much, I think, every Buccaneers fan. I would love to see Levante Davis finish his NFL career as a Buccaneer in a Buccaneers uniform, not like go somewhere else, come back, you know, sign that one-day contract. I would like to see a guy like Levante Davis finish out with the same franchise that he started from or started with, get some playoff experience, maybe get a ring. You know, I think that he's the type of guy that wants to do that. I think he's, he's the type of guy that deserves to do that. But what what's something that the Buccaneers know, no matter what happens with Levante Davis moving in the future, is that they are secure at their number one off-ball linebacker spot because whether it's Levante or whether it's Evan White, they're set. Um, and that's that's a big that's a big piece of the puzzle, so that's really something that can bring them comfort. Um, so another location, James, that they've got another young stud in that they're hoping to tie up for the long-term future as offensive tackle. Whether it's going to be on the right side or the left side is still kind of to be determined. We know coming into this season that is expected to be the right side. That's where he's been getting all of his reps. And, of course, we're talking about first-round draft pick Tristan Wirfs. Uh, we had some praise about him. Just yesterday, we've got some more today as uh, the Buccaneers center Ryan Jensen Jensen was asked about the rookie, and here's what he had to say about Tristan Wirfs. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Tristan is a, uh, a young guy, uh, very talented, and he's, he's coming along uh, really well. You know, obviously not having a spring, there's there's some little bit of hiccups, but, uh, you know, he doesn't usually make the same mistake twice, and that's, that's huge as a young guy uh, in his progression. Um, you know, learning from mistakes and correcting those uh, within 24 hours, you know, that's, that's huge. And, uh, you know, he's, he's a smart kid. Um, he's picking up the offense, offense really well. And, uh, you know, he comes to work every day, which is, uh, which is big and uh, definitely a hardworking, hardworking kid. First off, David, I'm, I'm a little hurt and I'm a little upset that you decided to remind me of the fact that I missed out on talking to Devin White at the Combine because my children decided to be sick and I had to go home and miss that day. And so you got to hog Devin all to yourself when you knew how excited I was to talk to him at the Combine. And uh, yeah, thanks for bringing up that wonderful memory. You know, you know it's actually funny. When I when I was kind of talking about being at the combine and saying, yeah, you know, when we got to see Devin at the podium, as I'm talking in my mind, I'm like, wait a second, my memory doesn't have James in it for some reason. But I just figured I was so focused on my job and what I was doing there for Bucks Nation and, you know, talking to this NFL prospect that I just, you know, I, I mean, Trevor's not in my memory either, Scott Reynolds, Greg Allen, but I know they were there. So I actually completely forgot that you had to leave early that day. So I do apologize. But I mean... My my podcast is your podcast, so if I'm there, you're there, kind of. Not the same, not Sorry. not not the same at all. But anyway, um, yeah, more encouraging words about Tristan Wirfs coming out of training camp this time from Ryan Jensen and David. What sticks out to me the most is something that I've actually kind of been waiting for someone to talk about. And that is, we all know that rookies making the transition from the college game to the NFL game are going to make mistakes. And it's about how they react and how they correct those mistakes moving forward. And I absolutely loved what Ryan Jensen said about, you know, he won't make the same mistake twice. He makes a mistake. He learns from it. He corrects it. It'll never happen again. And I love hearing stuff like that, especially when it's a guy you're going to be relying on to help protect a quarterback, help open up run lanes. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm getting more and more excited about worse the more we hear about him coming out of this training camp. Yeah, so I think it's important to temper expectations a little bit because of all the missed, you know, reps, like, like Bruce Arians keeps saying, you know, the rookies, the rookies alone missed 400 reps this off season uh, and what they were supposed to be doing that would, you know, the, the events that got canceled because of COVID-19, but 
like you said, at the same time, you know, there's a lot of people coming out and talking very highly about Tristan Wirfs and they're saying some, some pretty important things. And really when you talk to Ryan, right. So that, so uh, that again, that kind of brings me back to a previous experience that we had James. And I know for a fact you were there for this one. That's when we had Ryan Jensen on the show and we asked him at that time about Caleb Beninock and about whether or not he was going to work out and you know, what he thought about his performance and you know, his staff, his status with the team moving into the next season, which would end up being last season, which is when he got cut. Um, and, you know, Ryan did the professional thing. He, you know, he didn't come out glowing and say, oh, you know, Caleb Beninock's going to be an all-pro and da 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 But he said, you know, Caleb's a young guy. He's got a lot to learn, but he's putting in the effort and da 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 Some of the words are very similar, but where Ryan stopped short talking about Caleb was where, you know, he's improving. He's, you know, not making the same mistake twice. He's improving every day. He's, he's picking up the playbook. Basically, a lot of the things that he said about Caleb were very kind of generic, very – I'm a teammate. I'm not going to publicly, you know, bash my own teammate or say that he doesn't have it. And I actually remember that after that interview, you and I talked offline and said, Oh, you know, not, not a whole lot of confidence coming out of Ryan about Caleb. So we'll see how that, you know, pans out. But then we actually got some comments about that episode saying, well, of course, Ryan Jensen's not going to badmouth his own teammate, but it's kind of like a read between the lines type of situation. You know what I mean? So the, the answering of the question, this kind of goes back to Mike Evans yesterday too. Like Mike Evans got asked about, you know, Mike Edwards, and he got asked about Antoine Winfield Jr. He could come out and said, oh, yeah, two young guys got a lot of athleticism, versatility. You know, they're doing pretty well. And he could have just left it at that, and nobody really would have batted an eye. But instead, he expanded on it, and he continued to talk about it. That's when you know a guy is really kind of speaking, you know, from the heart, whatever you want to call it. So hearing him talk about a guy like Tristan Wirfs, you know, just as a little bit of experience in is very promising because of knowing how he's already kind of described a lackluster teammate, to put it lightly. Uh, so, yeah, so I'm excited about what we're hearing from Tristan. Hopefully he continues to develop. Uh, Harold Goodwin, who we're going to hear from here in just a little bit, also talked about Tristan, and he actually talked about Joe Haig as well, and that's pretty significant. When they asked him about Joe Haig, he said Joe Haig is a good backup lineman that if we need him to start, could start, but we're not going to need him to start. So, again, high praise from you know someone within the organization against saying stuff they don't have to say at this point in the process, so that means a little bit more. Wrapping things up here on a Thursday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast, talking about the Lightning beating the Columbus Blue Jackets, sending them home, winning the series four to one. Right? Is that what we're talking about, David? Is that yes? Because this is a hockey podcast, so why wouldn't we be talking about hockey? And that's hockey talk. So no, uh, we're going to wrap things up with assistant head coach and run game coordinator Harold Goodwin. Talking about something, David, that you and I spent a lot of time talking about. I spent a lot of time talking about it by myself. And uh, that is RB1 in Tampa Bay, Ronald Jones. Uh, I see being involved. You know, you go back to when we were in Arizona and what we did with David Johnson. I can see all that stuff coming back up. I think for Rojo having Shady here and some of these young rookies, with that pressure of making sure he's excelling at a high level, it's starting to come into play. He's done an excellent job since we started back. Uh, he's been a lot more focused, and I think he's more driven uh, because he know a little bit of last year of uh, you know having ups and downs and people thinking he should have done better than what he did. I think he wants to be great. He has the potential to be great, and we all know that. And uh, hopefully he keeps plugging the way he is right now and have a great year. Doesn't have the potential to be good. Doesn't have the potential to be really good has the potential to be great. And David, if he improves in 2020 
from his performance last season, the way he improved last season from his performance as a rookie, we're looking at like a 1,200-yard back, like could be top five in the NFL. The big part of it is how much more can he improve? How much more can the Buccaneers rely on him? And how much opportunity is he going to see when sharing the backfield with LaShawn McCoy and Dare Agumawale? Yeah, I mean, I, just like every other human being on the planet, everybody learns a little bit differently, right? And you look at Ronald Jones in his first season in the NFL, struggling to learn the language and the terminology and, and Dirk Cutter's offense, didn't get any chances really on the field to kind of show that he could do what he wanted to do. When he did get on the field, you could see that confusion. But again, kind of something we've talked about time and time again, instead of coaches in that you know regime, whatever you want to call it, kind of taking him by the scruff and saying, hey, young fellow, here's what you did wrong. Here's how you need to fix it. Let's do it again. Let's do it. You do it right this time. And now you got it. Now you understand it. Let's commit it to muscle memory. They said, nope, you get out of there. Other guy, get in there. And I mean, hey, if that's the way you want to run your organization, by all means, I'm not, I'm not paying your paycheck, so I'm not going to say how to do it. But in this regime and under Bruce Arians, what these guys do is they say, hey, young fellow, you messed that up. Let's reset it. Let's tell you where you messed up, how you should have done it better. Let's rerun it so you know it better for next time. Now get your butt to the sideline watch somebody else do it. And then when you get in here, remember what it feels like to stand over there, do it right. So you're not sitting back over there on the bench that has sparked a lot of growth out of Ronald Jones. And I think that that has sparked a lot of motivation out of Ronald Jones. And that just kind of bled over into his off season workouts. And I think that hopefully we're going to see that bleed into the regular season because last year you talk about RB one, James, I love that you said that because last year at training camp, I snapped a picture of Peyton Barber, Ronald Jones standing next to each other, waiting to do a running back drill. And I tweeted it out. And the caption I wrote was RB1. And I got all kinds of people, which one? Who are you talking about? Some people were like, yeah, Ronald Jones is RB1. Yeah, Peyton Barber's RB1. And I didn't answer anybody because I didn't know the answer myself because the Buccaneers didn't know the answer themselves. It was a hot hand system. They were saying, hey, you know, Peyton's kind of our guy coming into it. But, you know, if Rojo starts, you know, getting hot, we'll put him in there. And don't get me wrong. If they come into the regular season and Keyshawn Vaughn starts ripping off 20-yard runs, Keyshawn Vaughn is still going to get the ball. If LaShawn McCoy comes in and starts becoming a better pass protector, uh, starts you know ripping off big gains in the screen game and in the passing game. LaShawn McCoy is going to continue to get snaps. That's every NFL system. But coming into the year, this team, the, the starting running back is unequivocally Ronald Jones. And I think that's going to mean a lot to him. That's going to provide a lot of motivation for him. And now that he's coming into a second season with a system that he's already found success in, I expect pretty big things. I don't, I don't know if I would go as far as you, James, say top five running back in the National Football League. But this is a guy who got better and better and better every time he got opportunities in 2019. And then towards the end there, when he became you know, basically the guy, you really started seeing the dynamic ability that he could bring to an offense. Coming into this one with a quarterback like Tom Brady, teams can't just sit there and focus that it's either going to be all-out pass or it's going to be a run. They've got to play honest. They've got to guard every level of the field, every, every you know, sideline to sideline, all the cliches, and that's going to help Rojo. I do expect Rojo – if he stays healthy, right, 15 or more games this regular season, I do expect Ronald Jones to get at least 1,500 yards of total offense. Not going to say which one's on the ground, which how much is in the air, because that's more of a Tom Brady thing to dictate. But I, I do think that 1,500 yards of offense is attainable for Rojo in 2020. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, you know, it's Ronald Jones is going to be relied on to make a big impact on this team. And given the fact that you know they're talking about him the way that they are and he's you know getting the opportunity that we think he's going to get not having to share the the load as much as he did last year with Peyton Barber i think we're in store for some really good things 
out of Ronald Jones. David, that is going to be our time for today. We will be back tomorrow to talk about more Buccaneer stuff. I think Gronk will be at the podium uh, today as you're listening to this on Thursday. So I'm sure we'll get something out of Gronk that we'll be able to talk about. But until then, please check out everything going on over at BucksNation.com. Send us your voicemails to 813-444-5841. Follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, be good to each other. And we thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked On Bucks.